A very imaginative, creative, and humorous book has recently been published about the meaning of the book of Revelation. Stay tuned for an interview with its author. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy, a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. My colleague, Nathan Jones, and I have a very special guest today, Todd Hampson, who's a very creative artist and excellent writer who has produced a delightful book about the meaning of the book of Revelation. The book is titled, The Non-Prophet's Guide to the Book of Revelation. Welcome to our program, brother. It's always good to have you here. It's an honor to be here. Good to have you on. Appreciate it. Really well, folks, uh, Todd broke on to the Bible prophecy scene in 2018 with this book, The Nonprofit Guide to the End Times. And as you can see, I'm a huge fan of the nonprofit. And uh, don't you know that guy doesn't have a clue? He doesn't have a clue. And that's the wonderful thing about this book. This guy is clueless when it comes to Bible prophecy. So through this clueless nonprofit's eyes, you can learn about Bible prophecy. That's so. Right. Todd followed up with a second book called The Nonprofit's Guide to the Book of Revelation, which is just chock full of pictures and graphics and charts, and it's written in such a fun way. Todd, could you tell us why did you take that approach? Well, you know, I really, I, I look at it kind of like a missionary, like, all right, I want to introduce this topic to a new generation of people. I want to make it accessible to people, even Christians who have seen it as either too scary, too intimidating, mm. or too confusing, and kind of break it down, break those walls down and break it down and present it in a way that anybody could understand it. What do you say to people who say, well, the book of Revelation is a Chinese puzzle. You have to have a <laughs> degree, a PhD in hermeneutics in order to understand yeah. it. Well, first I try to relate with them a little bit and kind of acknowledge some of the reasons why that is. Um, the fact that it hasn't been taught very much and that there's the enemy's done a great job of trying to confuse the matter. But then I point to a few simple things that, that show them, no, you can understand it. If I could understand it, you can understand it. I am the nonprofit. <laughs> if, if I can understand it, trust me, you can put, roll your sleeves up, do a little bit of work, you can figure it out. Well, let's get into the book here. You have such unique titles and you start <laughs> one of your introductories, the full picture of Jesus, meek and wild. Yeah. What does that mean, meek and wild? Well, you know, we're, we're all familiar with, you know, Jesus, the meek, you know, who laid down his life and, you know, came the first time to die for our sins or Jesus, the, the baby in the manger scene. Um, but most, most believers I talk to aren't really familiar with that Jesus that shows up in, in Revelation chapter That's one. That What's he like? He is, he's got eyes burning of fire and he, he really scares John. <laughs> you know, yeah. John is really, and he's a voice like a rushing waters. I mean, all these powerful things. And then of course, at the end of the book, he comes back on a war horse and we'll talk about yeah, that. And some even more. some of the letters that he dictates to the churches are pretty rough. Oh, yeah, Either absolutely. get your act together or else. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. That's not the meek and mild Jesus. No. This is the meek and wild meek Jesus. Meek and wild Jesus. That's right. <laughs> yeah. It's how he should be. It's, it's how he's... When he he's takes a man's that, man. Yeah, he's a man. He really is a man's man. You know, we, he's not that soft, genteel Jesus that you see on a lot of old paintings and stuff. He is a rugged warrior in addition to our, our Savior who submitted himself to the Lord for our well, sins. What do you say to those people who are always saying, well, I, I, I just stay clear of the book of Revelation because it's too scary. Yeah. 
Well, I think they're missing out on a lot. I, I, I tell them, yes, there's some scary stuff in there, but the important thing is, I believe we're raptured out of here before all of that. There's only good news for those who are believers. Absolutely. We win in the end. Amen. Doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> well, Dr. Reagan brought up about these letters to the churches. I guess that's chapter three, seven overlooked letters written to you. Can you explain <laughs> the overlooked part and why they're written to us? Weren't they written to these churches? <laughs> that's a good question. Well, if Revelation is the most overlooked book in the Bible, I believe those two chapters are the most overlooked chapters in the Bible. And that's because what, Revelation two and, three. two and three. Exactly. Because people, you know, they want to hurry. If they do pick up the book of Revelation, they kind of flip past that to get to the action scenes. You know, they want to see the, the crazy stuff, the demonic locusts and all the judgments and stuff. But those seven letters, which were written to literal churches that John oversaw, but they're also kind of a way that we can evaluate ourselves. The church we go to, the church as a whole, um, and You'll I believe find your church somewhere in those letters. Absolutely, one hundred percent, and it's it's a healthy evaluation card that you can evaluate yourself on. So, to me, those are the most immediately relevant chapters in the Book of Revelation for people today. Because each of the churches have a characteristic that we can relate to, right? Yeah, absolutely. Some of them he gives rebukes, some of them he gives commendations, some of them he gives both. Um, and all those are things that we can evaluate ourselves about. Well, your commentary on chapter four is entitled, Snatched Away. What yeah. in the world is that all about? <laughs> well, really, when you think about it, well, I believe the opening verses, verses one and two, chapter four, uh, represent the rapture. You know, it's, it has all the same symbolism of the rapture that we read. Where John's from, taken up to heaven. He's taken up to heaven. He hears a trumpet. He says, come up here. Door. A door is open. Yeah. Um, from that point forward, the, the candles that were on earth are now in the throne room of God. So, there's, the symbolism supports it. Everything supports it. But the reason I call it Snatched Away is because it, it really is like the most epic special ops um, rescue in the history, in the history of time. You know, it's like God rescues His people out of there like a special ops would swoop in with a helicopter and, and snatch people out. So. And you don't even see the church throughout the rest of the book of Revelation, right? Until Absolutely. the end. Until exactly. The end. Right. Exactly. But you hear about saints during the tribulation. Who are they? I personally believe that there are going to be millions, maybe billions of people who are saved after the rapture, mm -hmm. who are tribulation era saints. They're not part of the church. You know, they missed that boat, unfortunately. How can they be saved if the church is not here? Yeah. Well, we, we see some strange characters, the two witnesses, 144,000 Jewish witnesses who are like 144,000. They're sealed right at the beginning. They're sealed right at the beginning. And they, they and we have uh, earth, and we'll, we'll get into this, I'm sure, but the angels that are preaching the gospel. So, and of course, all the books and stuff that will hopefully be left behind, people will pick There's up. There's also going to be millions of Bibles. Absolutely. And I tell everybody right, right in the beginning, the plan of salvation, because people are not going to have time for in-depth Bible studies. Amen. That's a great <laughs> idea. Yeah. I mean, and even the people we talk to, I, right now I'm thinking of five people who know where I stand, who know about these books that have not received the Lord. But I can almost guarantee if the rapture were to happen today, tomorrow, they'd be like, oh, Todd was right. I better study this and get myself right with God. <laughs> I'd rather have them there that way than not at all, but I'd hate for them to have to go through. Amen. I, I think uh, our ministry's biggest impact will probably be after the rapture is all the materials that we left behind in print and online. That's powerful. Will reach people for Christ. Well, you've gotten chapter six. Uh, I saw the movie Band of Brothers, and I had to do a double take. It's not Band of Brothers, it's Brand yeah, of Brothers. Yeah, it is Band of Brothers. Yeah. yeah, what is that? You know, I guess that's my artist background. I try to <laughs> trick people a little bit or get creative and, and cute with the titles. But it really is, they're, they're sealed or branded. And they who? They're sealed. Who are they? Oh, the 144,000. I'm oh, okay, sorry. Okay, that's what we're doing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The 144,000, I call them 144,000 Jewish Billy Grahams or Apostle right. Pauls. I mean, they're going right. to be powerful evangelists. 
and they are sealed and protected. They're sealed by an angel too, aren't sealed they? Sealed by an angel, oh, absolutely. You wild. should know about that with your uh, recent book, little plug there. <laughs> From me. Um, Thank but you. You're welcome. <laughs> but yeah, it's a powerful yeah. thing. And the reason I say brand is when you, when you think of a brand, even if you're thinking of logo, but it really goes back to when people would brand their animals. And it's not the brand that makes them so special, it's the authority behind the brand. And that's, that's why I call it a brand of brothers. Well, when the angel brands 144,000 Jewish evangelists, do you think that everybody can see that mark on their head? You know, and what I, do you think that mark is? I don't know. I haven't thought much about that, but I tend to think it'll be a physical mark that people could see. Um, and I think the enemy will try to hurt them and be frustrated when he can't. They're unkillable. <laughs> yeah. Many years ago, the number one Messianic Jew in the United States in terms of outreach and, and people knowing him was Zola Levitt. And I called Zola one day and I said, what about those 144,000 Jews? What do you think they're mm -hmm. going to do? He said, man, they're going to be Billy Grahams. They're going to proclaim the Gospel all over the world. He said, we're going to convert <laughs> more people, those guys, more people during the Tribulation than, than you Gentiles have done in 2,000 years. <laughs> I said, why do you say that? He said, well, haven't you ever met a Jew? I said, yes. He said, have you ever understood what kind of personality we have? Tenacious, right? Uh, yeah. He says, we are the world's yeah. super salesman. And we said, during that Tribulation, we're going to push them up in the corner and hold them by the neck till they say Jesus. <laughs> that's a powerful statement because if you think about it, obviously that's also going to be when the population, the world population is bigger than it's ever been before. So that condensed period of time. Speaking of the world population, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Chapter 7 says the paranormal becomes the new normal. This is a chapter that it's a dark chapter, but it seems mm -hmm. that, that the world population is going to turn to the paranormal, but also see the paranormal? Yeah. It's, Explain that if you will. The judgments prior to that are more kind of God. I mean, God's definitely involved. It's Jesus is opening the seals, so it's yeah. definitely the tribulation the and of God. the wrath of God. But it's almost like he's like, okay, you wanted a world government, you wanted to do all this stuff, have at it. And it's just complete chaos. And then, of course, you have, you know, some, you know, natural, supernatural events. But when you get to this point in the book, it's, it's the paranormal becomes a new normal in the sense that there's, Demonic angels, there's demonic armies. There's we're talking about the trumpet judgments. Trumpet now. judgments, okay. yes, sir. Yeah, and it's, you know, so that veil between the, the seen and the unseen realm is just like worn thin right. and it, they kind of merge at that point. Well, what and are these demons like? Because you draw them, and yeah. I was very interested to see how you would draw. <laughs> He's got real pictures in here yeah. of, that he drew of what your interpretation of, of them would be. Yeah, I didn't want to make them 100% accurate, you know, since it's a cartoon. I, I tried right. to cartoonize it a little bit, but I wanted to at least take a crack at, based on the biblical description what they would look like. Yeah, because the locusts are wild to They're, try to explain. Yeah, they really are. And, and poor John, when he tried to explain them, he, he kept saying, it's like this, it's like that. You know, he, he was trying to describe stuff he had never seen before. What would you say to somebody would be the key to understand the book of Revelation? You know, I think for me personally, what really unlocked it for me, and this is what I share with people, is it's literal future Revelation. It's a, you, you interpret it literally just like you do the rest of Scripture. Not that there's not symbolism, not that there's not allegory. But even symbols have a literal meaning. Exactly. And, and uh, the 404 verses of Revelation have over 800 direct references to the Old Testament. And that's where you find the meaning to those symbols. Yeah. So it automatically makes you, you know, understand the Which Old points Testament. Which to another better. key to understanding the book of Revelation. I would agree that, yeah. that uh, taking a plain sense approach, mm -hmm. the plain sense makes sense, don't look for any other sense. <laughs> but uh, I would also uh, say that another key is uh, reading the Old Testament, knowing the Old Testament, because if you Absolutely. don't know the Old Testament, you can't understand this. It breaks my heart. There, there have been a few movements recently, kind of in my generation of churches, that are really discounting the Old Testament. Oh, yes. That's and right. it breaks my heart because 
there's it's so rich that's the base for everything that we do and you cannot understand the book of revelation if you don't understand the old testament you yeah. know well you even taught us an art tactic the vanishing point to explain why we need to go to the old testament to understand and the vanishing point is jesus jesus everything Christ. points to jesus cover to cover yeah yeah in fact the the book of revelation says over in revelation 19 and verse 10 which is my favorite verse in the whole book it says that the the uh uh, the testimony of Jesus mm. is the spirit of prophecy. Mm. That's, Jesus that's the crux is the focus. of it right there. Absolutely. Yeah. And when you take your focus off him, you're off base. That's right. Yeah. That's it. Well, folks, uh, this brings us to the middle of the tribulation and what Todd calls the tipping point. We are going to take a brief break, and when we come back, we're going to ask Todd what in the world he means by the tipping point. <laughs> We would like to invite you to join us in a 16-day Bible Lands tour in the Mediterranean area in October of this year. The tour will originate in Rome, where the group will spend two days visiting sites in the city. From Rome, the group will board a luxurious ship and begin a 12-day cruise that will include stopovers at the ports of Olympia in Athens and Greece, Ephesus in Turkey, the island of Cyprus, and the nation of Israel. Dr. Reagan, together with Dr. Andy Woods, and novelist and musician Buck Storm will be the featured speakers on the cruise. The Israel portion of the tour includes one day in the Galilee and two days in Jerusalem. There is also a post-cruise option called A Taste of Italy. It includes visits to Florence, Pisa, and Venice. For detailed information, contact Compass International Ministries at compass.org. Join Dr. Reagan as he teaches Bible prophecy while the ship is at sea and when he hosts a bus in Israel and serves as your scriptural guide to sites in the life of Jesus located in the Galilee and in Jerusalem. Welcome back to Christ and Prophecy and our interview with Todd Hampson about his new and very clever book about how to understand the book of Revelation. Well, Todd, I want to get back to your great book, The Nonprofit's Guide to the Book of Revelation. And you have a chapter called The Tipping Point. What yeah. is The Tipping Point? So, The Tipping Point is kind of the, the mid-tribulation mid part where... We're um, how many years in then? So, you're three and a half years into the seven-year tribulation. Okay. And all kinds of key things happen. Among them, uh, the, the Antichrist breaks his treaty with the Jewish people. So, the, the tribulation starts with the signing of a seven-year uh, treaty, and he breaks it in the middle and turns on them. And you have the abomination of desolation and, and stuff like that. And he goes after them as opposed to protecting them and keeping them safe. Now, he turns on them and is literally trying to go after them, trying to destroy them. So, it's really, that's the great tribulation, the part where he really is going after them, trying to destroy the Jewish people. So, as terrible as the first half was, we're talking about the second half being even worse and even focused worse. on the Jewish people. Absolutely, yeah. Okay. You know, and, and it's almost like he's, he's tried to align and do things his way, and, you know, kind of under the radar, so to speak, even though all kinds of crazy stuff's going on. But now he's like, all right, I'm just... The, you know, it's, I'm going straight the after mask them. Is off. Well, the mask is off. He's possessed by Satan. He's, by he's point, literally yeah. possessed by Satan, right? Okay. He dies or, or fake dies. I'm not sure which, but has a, a, a resurrection or a faux resurrection. And then, as the as the as Satan in, enters him himself, just like he did with Judas, and then he goes after the okay, Jewish people. Okay, that brings us to the next question. And of course, your next chapter is titled. The unholy fake trinity. <laughs> yeah. What in the world do you have in mind there? <laughs> well, he's a master. Satan is a master counterfeiter. He is so jealous of God. He try, tries to counterfeit everything that he does. And we find here, including the Trinity. So you have the unholy fake trinity of Satan or the dragon. 
the false prophet who's the, and the Antichrist. So the false prophet is kind of like the Holy Spirit. Okay. The Antichrist is kind of like the Son, Jesus. And then Satan, of course, is trying to mimic the Father. Nathan, we recently published a book of yours about the mighty angels of Revelation. So mm-hmm. why don't you ask him the next question we were going <laughs> yeah, to Yeah, I mean, I perk up because there's 72 groups of angels or specific angels mentioned in the book of Revelation. So I, I co-wrote a book on that. And then I get to your chapter 12 here, three earth-circling angels and seven <laughs> angry bulls. And of course, immediately my, my mind perks up. I want to know all about awesome. that chapter. Absolutely. Well, the, I'll go to the bowls first. That's the, the, the last set of judgments are the bowl judgments. Okay. And there's so set, seven. Set, so, you've got seven seal judgments, seven trumpet judgments, and then seven bowl judgments. Okay. So, 21 altogether. 21 altogether. And, uh, and my take is that it, it seems logical that those seven are in the second half because it's after the mid-trip events. Um, but along with that, you have these three earth-circling angels. And I, and I call them earth-circling because it literally says they fly around the earth preaching the everlasting gospel. And also giving kind of a proclamation that Babylon is doomed, that that the enemy's the beast system is about to be destroyed, um, and also he gives them some. One angel gives them practical advice: don't take the mark of the beast, don't don't join sides with the wrong side, so to speak. So, um, but literally, God pulls out all stops to make sure everyone has heard the gospel, even in the in, even in the middle of tribulation and God's judgment. And they cry, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" because of the next or the last of the three yeah. judgments coming, which. Yeah, are pretty yeah. horrific. It's and that's why the bowls are angry? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, your exactly. next chapter is entitled, The End of Babylon's Babbling. <laughs> did, did you eat some bad pizza and wake up in the middle of the night and suddenly come up with you all know, these chapter titles? Artists are strange people, man. We just come up with some funny ideas. Well, what do you mean by the end of Babylon babbling? So, of course, you know, when people say, use the word babble, it stems back to Babylon when, when the one iteration where God, you know, spread the people out. Oh, and the, Tower the Tower of Babel, and people confuse the languages and that kind of thing. So that's kind of where the word Babel comes from. And um, but really, when you look in Scripture, Babylon from the first time it shows up, you know, whether it's Nimrod or even Nebuchadnezzar, it's evil proliferates around the world from Babylon. That that Babylonian occult system right. has spread all throughout the world and is going to be into the end times. And basically, there are two chapters that where God shows the destruction of both the religious and political Babylon. Okay. Yep. And then you have the return of the warrior king. I, I think of the Lord of the Rings movie, the return yeah. of the king, but you have the return of the warrior. Was that because of copyright infringement or are you trying to say something there? <laughs> well, I was playing yeah. off of that for sure. Return okay. of the king. People are, are familiar with that term if they've seen that movie. But I wanted to put warrior in there because he shows, he's got a robe dipped in blood. He's this got, is Jesus. this Jesus shows up. The, the sky cracks, bright heavenly light shines through the darkness. There's some sign in the sky too that's never been seen before, right? It's like a day unlike any other day. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, okay. and I've read a few different, I haven't studied that in depth, but it sounds like leading up to that, the world gets, it, it's just pitch black, the world's dark. And then I don't know if that's a cross or if it's just the heavenly light piercing through the veil as he comes through on a war horse with us following behind him. The commentary that I wrote on the book of Revelation I titled Wrath and Glory because He returns in wrath and pours out the wrath of God upon those who rejected the grace, mm. mercy, and love of God. But then He begins to reign in glory. Amen. So That's a great I think way. I, I liked your tap, chapter title. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> oh, and it's so incredible when Jesus returns and we get to watch Him return and set up His kingdom. And I assume then that's chapter 15, a literal 
1,000 year utopia. I assume you're not an amillennialist. No, not at all. Okay. I, I do believe that's literal. I, I believe if you, Scripture is clear just from that one chapter in Revelation, it says that I think five times, a thousand years. Six times in Revelation Six times. 20. Yeah, yeah. But also if you, if it's not literal, you gut half of the Old Testament, the book of Isaiah, so many others. I mean, it, it makes no sense unless that's a literal future kingdom where, where Christ is reigning from Jerusalem. Well, what do you learn about that kingdom? What's kind of the characteristics of it? Oh man, it's, uh, it's, it's almost like Eden restored, um, but there will be people there, who, people that survived the tribulation and were saved will enter into it and they'll have kids. So it'll be a weird time, almost like Lord of the Rings, where you have a okay. combination of different types of people, us in our glorified bodies, you know, real people in their physical bodies still with a sin nature, and that plays into the, the final rebellion at the end when Satan is loose for a season. Um, but also it's going to be more like Eden in the sense that animals won't be eating each other. You know, we won't, it'll be a perfect paradise for people to live in. So there'll be no excuse oh, not to follow God. You Say know, that. one time I was preaching on the millennium and talking about what a great thing it was. Mm. I really got carried away. My wife was in the <laughs> audience and I said, well, I'll tell you one reason I want the Lord to come back is because He's going to do away with the chiggers. Now, I hate, <laughs> a lot of yeah. people viewing don't even know what a chigger uh, is, right, but down right. here they're the little microscopic red dots that yeah. crawl up your leg and chew on you and make you miserable. Yeah. Well, afterwards we're driving home and my wife's very quiet. And I knew something was wrong. So I tried to say, is there something wrong? She said, I couldn't believe what you did when you referred to those chickers. I said, well, honey, she said, you don't know what you're talking about. I said, what do you mean I don't know what I'm talking about? She said, honey, He's not going to do away with the chiggers. He's going to make you lie down with the chiggers. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I said, but they won't bite well, you I hope anymore. he defangs those yeah, little buggers first. Exactly. <laughs> they won't be the same as they are now. Well, there is going to be a snake released into the Millennial Kingdom at the very end. And can you tell us a little bit how the Millennial Kingdom ends? Yeah, so at the very end, so the, the beast and the false prophet are going to be thrown into the lake of fire alive, but Satan is going to be bound for a thousand years. And then okay. he's released at the end of that thousand year period to kind of rally the earth one more time. And I believe part of it is to show that, you know, even though even in a perfect paradise where Satan can't be blamed for anything, people still have a sin nature and will still rebel against God. I think you're absolutely God. right. In fact, I often observe the fact that uh, history goes in a circle. It begins mm -hmm. with two people in a perfect environment who rebel against God. Mm -hmm. It ends up with the whole world in a perfect environment and you have a large number of people rebel. Wow. Because after all, living in the flesh under the rule of the rod of iron. Right. They may be saying, we love you, Jesus, but, but he's they're saying it with anything. their teeth clenched. That's right. Yeah. And he doesn't waste any time defeating Satan this time before he gives him a seven years. This is just fast, right? Yeah. Fire out of the sky. Then he, yep, he destroys him, and then, then he throws him into the lake of fire. So that's his permanent, permanent habitation. Oh, praise habitation. the Lord. Yeah. And Can't that takes us up then to the creation renovation, chapter 16. Yes, sir. Now, what's that all about? <laughs> so, even though we have during the millennial kingdom, things are semi renovated. Uh, we learned that through fire, he's going to renovate everything. I don't know exactly why that is or how how it plays out, but he's going to completely burn out all sin, I guess, all impurities. He's gonna burn away all the pollution of Satan's last revolt. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, good call. And then he creates out of that a new heaven and a new earth, and you have the new Jerusalem, and it's just stuff that our minds can't even handle. I think it's interesting that you, we have several chapters, you know, 19 or so chapters describing seven years of history, yeah. and then 
three chapters to describe the millennial kingdom <laughs> and eternity. Yeah, to, uh, everything we know about the eternal state is yeah. pretty much in Revelation 21 and 22. Right, right? exactly. And uh, I, I have this fantasy that at the end of the millennium He's going to take all believers off and put us in the New Jerusalem, that most beautiful city of the cosmos ever known. Mm -hmm. And I think that from that vantage point we're going to see the greatest fireworks display mm -hmm. in all of history as He superheats this earth. That and, makes a lot of sense. And then yeah. when that new earth comes He's going to lower us down and help Heaven's going to come to Earth. Now that's what a lot of people don't realize. Mm -hmm. We're not going to spend eternity in an ethereal world where we're yeah. disembodied spirits floating around on clouds. We're Who going to be that? in glorified <laughs> bodies, in new bodies, in a new Jerusalem, mm -hmm. on a new Earth. It Amen. says God's going to come to Earth yeah. and live in our presence. So Heaven's coming to Earth. Amen. Preach it. And what's Amen. this new Jerusalem going to be like? <laughs> it's going to be amazing. I mean, okay. if if He built the world in six days and He's been building the new Jerusalem for two thousand years now, John fourteen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and we're going to have kind of custom. Build built rooms in that which kind of uses physics that we don't even know about. I mean, I think it's going to be so mind blowing we can't even wrap our heads around it. The, but the script, scripture gives us a little indication of the, the the jewels used and gold streets and it actually has dimensions laid out too. Right, right it has dimensions okay. laid out that are up, what fourteen hundred miles square. Yeah, so it's going to be a big place. Well, we've got to ask you our number one question that we ask mm. all of our experts on Bible prophecy. <laughs> Do you believe we are living in the season of the Lord's return? And mm -hmm. if so, why? I absolutely do. Primarily because of the super sign of Israel being a nation again and everything that's happening with them. And then on the on the back end of that, just the convergence of everything happened. And now all the biblical signs. When I first started studying the biblical signs, I was almost trying to disprove them. Like, am I crazy for believing this stuff? Is, is, is this stuff really pointing to the Lord's soon return? And the more I studied it, the more it all lines up with Scripture. And it's, you could, like, the, the Gog Magog alliance right now, to me, that is major. Like, how could you look at what's going on in Syria with Russia, Iran, and, and uh, Turkey? Yeah, united like they've never been in history. And, and even down to the details, like Russia being the protector and, and all of them wanting to come steal spoils and Israel just finding massive amounts of fuel and oil and stuff like that. Well, I would agree 100% with you. I think we can know the season of the Lord's return because of the signs. And I would agree that I, the most of all the signs, uh, individual signs, I think the reestablishment of Israel in 1948 is the key because all of end time Bible prophecy focuses on Israel. Yeah. But I also believe the greatest sign of all was the other one you mentioned. Convergence. Convergence. Yeah. For the first time in all of history. They've yeah. all come together. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm just expecting the rapture any moment. I'm ready for it. <laughs> I don't think there's a problem we have that wouldn't be solved by the rapture. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that the truth? All my problems would no, be solved. No. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, uh, how about looking into that camera and telling people how they can get in touch with you? Absolutely. You can find out information about my ministry if you just go to toddhampson.com, and from there you can get all the information that you need. That's great. That's yeah. great. Well, Todd, we really appreciate you being with us. This is the second time you've been on our program, yes, and you've sir. blessed our socks off, as we say Likewise. in Texas both times. <laughs> and you just feel free to come back anytime. Okay? Thank you so much. It, well, it's an you honor. Have a third book in the works. Yes, got a third book book in the works right now. Oh, yep. well, I hope you're going to do one on Daniel before it's all over. I would love to. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, folks, uh, that's our program for today, and I uh, stay tuned, and we'll tell you how you can get a copy of Todd's new book. I hope our program has been a blessing to you, and I hope the Lord willing that you'll be back with us next week. Until then, this is Dave Reagan speaking for Lamb and Lion Ministries saying, Look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near. Todd Hampson's book on Revelation is extremely informative while being entertaining and user friendly. Relying on clever cartoons, vivid charts, and diagrams, and a lot of humor, 
The book cuts through the complexity and confusion people often experience when trying to read and understand the Bible's final book. The book removes the fear factor and demystifies the capstone book of the Bible. It provides biblical clarity about the key events of the end times. It helps reclaim hope, confidence, and joy in the future promised of God. And it makes clear the meaning of Romans 8 verse 18, which says, the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory that is to be revealed to us. The book runs 216 pages and is full of delightful illustrations that will bring the prophecies of Revelation alive for you. It can be yours for a gift of $20 or more, including the cost of shipping. You can place your order at our website at lamblion.com or call our office at the number on the screen Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Central Time. This wonderful book will make it clear to you what the great Christian author, Dr. Henry Morris, meant when he said, The book of Revelation is not difficult to understand. Rather, it is difficult to believe. If you will believe it, you will understand it. Once again, the book can be yours for a gift of $20 or more, including the cost of shipping. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus. 